Welcome to Kalakai the Podcast. This is your host, Levi Fuanga, and I'm joined here today by my co-host, Kylie Dennison. And we're pleased to have on the show today, Hannah Broswell. How are you doing today, Hannah? I am so good. How about yourself? I am doing great. And so we decided to have Hannah on our podcast today because she is working on a really interesting project. Do you, would you want to share a little bit about that? Yes, so I am hoping to start a project called the Girl Support Girls Community for girls here on the BYU Hawaii campus as they're going through the process of um, making a report to Title IX. And just also if they're going through a situation where they've dealt with sexual abuse or um, sexual assault or just dating violence in general, getting them that support that they need. That's awesome. So cool. I, so Hannah and I know each other. And when she first told me about this, I thought it was the coolest, coolest thing ever. And I'm like 100% on board. But why, like, tell us a little bit about who you are and like, why, why you decided to start this or working to start it. Right. (laughs) So, um, I'm from North Carolina and I've always been super passionate about people. Uh, hence why I'm doing social work. And I will be taking the LSAT here soon because Miss Lawyer, that's so Wait, exciting! What is that? uh, like the exam that you take to get into law school. Um, so I want to become a public defendant, so that's the reason why I'm taking it. Um, I'm really passionate about making sure that people are always heard. I feel like a lot of people don't get that voice, and they feel like they're not listened to, and it's easy for people to be marginalized. And I just have always been the person that wants to advocate for those people. It's something I'm super passionate about. Exactly. And a public defendant, I don't know if we've already asked this, like what exactly would that entail for you? Like basically what would you do as a public defendant? Yeah. So basically just like advocating for the people. Um, I would be defending for the people that had um, been accused and making sure that, like I said, just that their voice is heard, their story is heard. I think, too, what's unique about public defendants is they're, like, kind of assigned by the state. You know, it's it's usually people who can't afford a lawyer, you know, that use public defendants, and it's really important to have good public defendants. So what's the, oh, what's the movie, Mercy? Just Mercy. Just Mercy, yeah. He's a public defendant, and he, like, I think, right? I think he's a public defendant, and he goes to the most marginalized people who are on death row, and he defends them. And the problem, I think, is, I mean, not to get too deep into this, but the problem is that not, it's not always the greatest lawyers that are public defendants, and so people who, people don't have really equal representation. So, Hannah, I think you're the coolest person ever to want to go into that field. You know, um, you know going into becoming a public defendant like what are some important things to know about the people you're trying to represent or about anything in general like what's what necessary knowledge is used for that position um so like kylie was saying it's people that usually can't afford a type of lawyer um and it's usually people that are marginalized like i was saying um So something that I'm really excited to do about this is making sure that the people feel like they're believed and helping to make sure that people are able to see that good in them 
and that they're able to see that good in themselves. And I think that's a skill I've always had or I've always tried to have. So that's something I really look forward to doing. You're the true definition of an advocate. I love that. So let's get back to this girls support girls. Okay, so you described it a little bit, but when you told me about it, I was just like, one, shocked that how often girls need support, right? Especially with dating violence, that's something students deal with here, right? Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit more. Like, what are you doing now to make a change? Yeah, so like you're saying, it definitely is an issue not just here on BYU Hawaii campus, but all over. Dating violence is so common and definitely needs more attention. Um, but here on campus, I have been talking with Title IX and I've been talking with the Counseling Center and they've actually had programs like this similar in the past. Um, but from what I understand with COVID and everything, it kind of got yeah, pushed to the side sense. easily. And I don't feel like it's something that just with the pandemic is done, right? It's still an issue. Oh, totally, yeah. And so I want to bring bring it back to the surface. That's amazing. And, you know, of the issue of dating violence, like, do you feel that it's talked enough about here? Or do you feel like people kind of brush it or kind of push it under the rug? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely not talked about enough. Um just hearing stories from so many girls here on campus and sharing my story and knowing how many girls have been able to relate makes me really sad. Um, and I'm grateful for all that Title IX is doing, but I definitely feel like there's still a step to even getting to Title IX that a lot of girls don't have support during that process. You know, I was really lucky because I did have support during that time. But there were still a lot of times where I felt so confused and so alone that I want to be the person that helps them get the resources that they need so they don't have that same feeling. Yeah. You know, so for our listeners, Hannah and I are in the same child welfare class, and it's a hard class. Like, we talk about abuse and neglect of children in our country, and yeah, just in a country, not really around the world. But anyways, it's a really, really hard class, and one thing that we talked about a few weeks ago was this idea of recantation. So what happens a lot of the time after abuse happens is that people will, re or especially children, they'll recant what they said. So they'll say, oh, I was lying. It never happened. And it's like a psychological thing that happens. And so just the fact that of that, like, it's so hard to come forward. You know, it's so hard to say me too, right? We live in a world where that's necessary, you know? And so I think it's amazing that like, yes, we have these big movements that are happening in our country and around the world, but you're looking at your scope of influence, you know, and making that change. Exactly. It's so true. Not only just the recantation, but there was a lot of times, even with everything that I'd gone through, not only here, but just in past relationships, um, there's a lot of times where I would be like, it's really not even that bad. Like I, it, there's a case of just like self gaslighting that happens as well. So getting that support to have people that are like, no, that's not right. You know, just to support them and help them understand like what they're going through should not be happening and that there are healthy relationships and just helping them get to that point where they can, you know, just have that support. I love that. 
So what else does Girls Support Girls do, right? Is that going to be the focus, is just dating violence and, and focusing on Title IX? Will you talk about other feminist stuff or what? Yes, yeah, so um, mostly I would love for it to be just about dating and dating in general, but also um, helping girls to girls, but also that's a need for guys as well. Um, just what healthy relationships should look like. I love that in general, mm-hmm. and to help just educate towards that. But also, like, confidence is definitely something that I would love to, like, help promote, if possible. Oh, that is so, so cool. So, with your title, like, Girls Support Girls, how can guys be involved? Or is it, like, no guys? <laughs> Let's I was leave just thinking like... that, too. Like, how, <laughs> like, because it's one thing to understand an issue, issue, but I can imagine it's another to actually sympathize with the victim. And so, you know group by girls support girls you know how can guys be able to lend a helping hand or contribute exactly so that was something that I kind of was wondering when I was placing the name girls support girls Mm -hmm. but I felt like it was such a good name because when I was going through this process someone that really helped me said of course I'll help you know girls support girls Mm -hmm. and just in honor of that and just Everything that she had done, I I wanted to, you know, kind of commemorate that in a way. Yeah. Um, but yes, we definitely do need the support of guys. And I definitely mm-hmm. think that it's not just girls that go through this, right? It happens, unfortunately, to so many people um, of both genders. Um, and also another thing is I, I hope for it to become something where guys are able to be educated so that it doesn't happen in the future as well I love that you know um so definitely guys will be included (laughs) you're allowed to come Levi yes (laughs) that's awesome you know there's two TED talks that I love one's called a call to men and the other is frick I remember it's Justin Baldoni he does a TED talk I don't remember what it's called but oh man am I man enough or something like that And they're both really phenomenal because they talk about how men, I was about to say we as men, (laughs) I can't say that, (laughs) how men can support and help with this problem of not only dating violence, but broadly domestic violence, right? And rape and sexual assault. Women, it's like one in three or something that will experience rape and sexual assault. And um, they talk about how as men, they can do certain things to help, you know, because there are these, there are these like ways that men are raised and there's ways that women are raised, you know, men are told to be tough, to be strong, to be dominant. And that's not always healthy, right? They're told you can't cry. You like if they throw weak, they said they're throw like a girl, right? And all of these things can add and turn into really not good things in relationships right and so our listeners should go listen and you two should listen to those ted talks they're so good but one one thing that justin baldoni says at the end is like stand up against locker room talk you know stand up against when your guys are talking about inappropriate things to girls you know and i mean just look at the porn industry you know how much of that is violent you know it's crazy and we're we're normalizing that as 
and it's not it's, it's not normal right and so I'm really glad that both men and women can come and we're really excited for you to like get this started I just think the world of you how do you oh go ahead Levi I was just gonna basically add on to Kylie saying yeah this is definitely like your goal is like helping to bring to light like this issue so I commend you for that Yeah. <laughs> so I just brought up the idea of wanting to do it to Title IX and they're like, yeah, we had this in the past. I think it's great. Like, and um, with the counseling center, um, it's still really new with the counseling center and I'm still like in the process of pitching the idea. Yeah. Um, so from what I, it sounds like, I think a few are interested in doing it and helping, but it's still really new. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What can I do if I have a friend come up and say something that concerns me? Like, they, mm-hmm. like say something's not so good in a relationship. How, you know, like, because yeah. you've been through that. You've mm-hmm. experienced dating violence. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you wish you would have received? Um, I was really lucky to have very, um, very good friends that listened. I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing is just having someone to make sure that you feel like your your story is being heard and just making sure that they know that they're believed as well Mm -hmm. the hardest thing is when people are like did that really happen you know because you already are kind of doubting yourself yeah exactly yeah so yeah i i would recommend definitely listening but also helping her um just to realize where that behavior isn't right not in a condemning way obviously but like just helping her to realize you know you deserve better than this but that's what I would recommend (laughs) it's hard Mm. (laughs) it is hard that's really hard because it was hard because I feel like all of us go through that where we know we deserve better but I think something that tends to hold us back is fear that we'll not get that better does that make sense like sometimes I feel like we we love what we have because we're comfortable with it and then we're afraid to leave it because we already have that comfort so it is hard um but I think helping them to notice, like pointing it out, and then once that behavior repeats itself, helping them to realize, you know, the actions really do speak louder than words. And they might be telling you, oh, I love you, or like, oh, you're the best. But if their actions don't prove that, that they don't truly care for you and that you really do deserve better. Yeah, as an, as an outsider to like this sort of issue, I would say like, being completely honest and frank with yourselves and with others is definitely a breakthrough in terms of like overcoming these issues. 
because I feel like a person can be abused or be used so much to the point that psychologically they're they feel like it's normal for them. It's hard for them to know what's normal anymore. So like, cause like, I think you don't have to be like a, in social work to understand like, you know, mental health is such a delicate subject. And for some people, it's such a delicate aspect of their lives is that like anything that's delicate or tender, if you don't treat it right, it will further damage or it will cause further damage to your psyche and your emotions. And that makes it harder to recover from. I agree. You know, I think the word sensitive is interesting because sen- if you call someone sensitive, it's like a negative thing, you know, but oh, sorry. No, I was just like, no, because that's relatable because it's like, yeah. you know, toxic masculinity mm-hmm. is an umbrella term for like being told that being told sensitive, being sensitive is like being seen as weak. Yeah. And it makes me sad. You know, it makes me sad that this word is such a negative thing because I'm sensitive. You know, and I've been called sensitive in a really hurtful way. And it hurts, you know. I I remember hearing this story. So I read this book. Oh, my gosh, what's it called? It's called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Have you guys heard of it? I've heard of it. I think you would love it. You yeah. should read it. But in it, she talks about how her daughter was in kindergarten. And she hears about the ice melting in Antarctica. And, and the polar bears are going to die. They're going to go extinct. And... And kind of everyone kind of just went on with the next lesson. But this little girl, she was like, what? Like, the polar bears are going to die. Like, why isn't anyone talking about this, you know? And and so she went home and everything was about saving the polar bears. Like, they rent, they, like, put fundraiser money in. And, and Glennon was like, this little girl, and my daughter was just talking nonstop about it. She's like, can people please stop, you know? Or can the, she please stop talking about this polar bears, you know? And um, she eventually, like, um, was at, she was putting her daughter to bed after just being so annoyed with the polar bear conversation. And um, the daughter said something like, Mom, isn't it sad? Because after the polar bears, it's us. And, like, it shifted Glennon's view of this to her daughter. She's like, her sensitivity is not a bad thing. It's her superpower. You know, and we need more people like that in the world that are sensitive to things, you know, and like being prone to depression and anxiety makes you it means you're sensitive, you know, and and to Levi's point, it's so important for us to be sensitive to not only mental health, but also, like you said, believing people when they say stuff and listening, you know, it all comes back to being sensitive and it is not a bad thing. It's a superpower. So people call you sensitive listeners. <laughs> it is a superpower. But isn't that a cute story? I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's inspiring. It reminds you just never on un- well, don't underestimate children and how they think. Or just, you know, how sensitive people think. Yeah, by the mouth of babes. Isn't that what Jesus says? <laughs> no, I definitely feel like sensitivity really is what starts the process of becoming passionate, if anything. Like, I was thinking, this all started because, well, like, my passion for wanting to make a difference in the world, I feel like I can, like, remember the day, actually. I was 10, and I went to a museum with, like, family friends, and the museum was about slavery, and then they had a section about modern-day slavery, and I was so mad. 
I came back and I was so mad and I emailed the museum director and was like, I want to volunteer. And he responds back and he's like, you're 10. And he's like, once you turn 18, you can. And then we moved. But I remember because I was so sensitive to it. I literally was like, not outraged wasn't even the word. I was so fed up with it because I was so just, I was baffled that that would happen to anyone but especially when they talked about children and how that occurred to children I just I couldn't have it (laughs) so yeah sensitivity I feel like is what actually breeds passion exactly well right there (laughs) I love that definitely and truthfully I think at one point in time all of us no matter who we are we become sensitive about something in our life and it usually It will be for something that we care about or something that just, you know, that tugs at our heartstrings. Yeah, exactly. Maybe instead we're just our human. Yeah. You know, instead of you're sensitive, no, you're human. That's humanity. Exactly. I think what's so cool about that little story is like you were outraged and you try to make a difference. And look at you now. Like there are slaves to people who don't feel like they're heard. You know, that's a form of being stuck. Right. And you're making a difference and trying to stop stop that, right? Did I say that right? <laughs> so thank you, Hannah, for your example. We we have loved having you on the podcast today. Thank you. I've loved being with you too. <laughs> All right. Catch us next week. Seasiders on Wednesday. Bye.